Can you hear me? There we go. All right. Wait, where were you last week? Anyway. <laughs> were you? So was I. <laughs> All right, I'm Cameron. I'm glad to be here. I am the pastor here. <clears throat> Would you pray? We have a couple of prayer requests I want to do before the service. Diane Davies. Davies? Davis? Davis, uh, and uh, uh, had the heart surgery, and uh, apparently she's recovering well. I haven't been able to connect because uh, I was out of town. And then Terry Hammond, who also... Terry's here! Wow. You're looking a lot better than the last time I saw you, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, praise God. So let's just pray. Father, we just pray for Diane, especially as she's in the hospital recovering. Lord, we command healing on her body in the name of Jesus Christ because of the blood of Jesus. Uh, Lord, uh, we have confidence that we can come before you. Lord, you say in your word that if anyone is sick, that the elders pray and they will recover. And so we command healing on her body through the power of the name of Jesus. We thank you for uh, healing Terry and we pray that you just continue the healing process. And right now, anybody who has any form of illness whatsoever, put your hands forward like, like someone's handing you a $50 bill. Okay? Uh, any form of illness. Okay? Any form of discomfort. Uh, any form of hereditary junk. Okay? We are new creations in Christ. We've been given a new DNA through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive as a deposit in this life what we will have in eternity, which is health. No sickness, no sin, no suffering. And so in Jesus' name, right now, you got your hands ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Right now, be healed! In Jesus' name, let there just be a release. Of healing, Father, we command victory over the common cold, victory over all viruses, victory over flu, victory over arthritis, victory over uh, uh, vision loss, victory over hearing loss, victory over every sickness, every disease. We're crucified with Christ, and so we are free from sickness, free from sin. We confess it and believe it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. Amen. All right. Glory. Now I sound too loud. I need my own little control panel here, don't you think? <laughs> you know, I need the remote. <laughs> I need the I need the remote. That it cracks me up. All right, Second Timothy chapter one. Okay, just so you know, when I when I go to Toronto, where I was was the uh, annual international. Association that we're a part of, uh, Partners in Harvest conference, <clears throat> and before the conference there was two days of meetings because I'm a regional coordinator, okay, which means I help facilitate communication and network building within the North or the Midwest. And so, <clears throat> especially during the regional meeting, it's really cool because there's about 30 people in the room, and I mean, like I was sitting there sitting in the room going, why am I in this room? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> don't they know <laughs> I'm just this little schmuck from a little town in, in the Midwest? You know, there's people leading huge revivals. Uh, so one uh, woman, uh, Vanya, and her husband lead a huge work in Brazil. I mean, 
just exploding in Brazil and people from Australia and John Arnott who travels literally nonstop all over the world um, and uh, Steve Long who pastors the church up in Toronto and uh, just people from all over Europe, Australia, Brazil, I already mentioned, uh, uh, the whole of Canada. <clears throat> and, uh, and so it was amazing to, be, to hear so many testimonies of people going to India. There's just tremendous work in India. Uh, there's a whole network. And uh, these two women have just pioneered this network amongst the uh, refugee camps in S- Sri Lanka. Um, that uh, and they prayed and fasted for weeks because the government wouldn't let them in because the government doesn't want anyone to know how bad it is. Uh, Eighty thousand people in these camps, you know, the government can't feed them, so they're just trying to hide them from the world press. But they got in, and and so there's this just incredible <clears throat> stuff going all over the world. Stuff going on. We're a part of it. We're connected to it, uh, and. Uh, and so, for the last week, every day for like 12 hours, I've, I've been in the midst of passionate worship, powerful messages, and the fellowship of people literally from all over the world doing amazing, amazing things. And, and um, it's exciting. It's, I, I just wish somehow I could just have you all with me while I'm there so you could experience it. You know, and then I come back try to communicate in some way um, the immensity of what is going on is, uh, is hard. Could we turn that down a little bit more? It sounds ringing a little bit. So, Father, we just we asked for more. How many want more? You know what I mean by more? So more involvement, more uh, being able to see and hear and feel God in your life in a greater dimension. And, uh, and that's what we want. As individuals, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. I want to share uh, on this verse in Second Timothy one, and it jumped out at me. It's it, it really connects. And, and Graham, I, I've heard did a great message on the Spirit, right? You talked about the Spirit. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. I was hoping it was about the Holy Spirit, not the other one. So. <laughs> This kind of dovetails with that. Let's just read. We're going to read a, a larger section of Scripture, 1 through 14, if you want to follow along. 2 Timothy 1, verse 1 through 14, then I'll talk about it. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, I'm reading from the New King James, by, by the way, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father. And Christ Jesus our Lord. Now he's just starting the letter, so this is this is the introduction. Um, verse three: I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, and without ceasing I remember you in my prayers, night and day, <clears throat> greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Um, verse five: When I call to remembrance. <clears throat> The genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. Is it Lois or Louise? Lois. Not too good with names. And your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up 
Or in the New Living Translation, it says, Fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7 is our text. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. There we go. Think about that for a while. Before time began. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have uh, committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which uh, you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Amen. Um, verses 1 through 6 is kind of like the opening of the letter, but it's also the introduction to this idea that Paul begins to address. And I was struck by the number of different individuals and groups that Paul refers to, the number of people. You know, first, of course, uh, Paul, you know, he refers to himself as the apostle. And, to, and he later, in a few, uh, a little bit later, he refers to his forefathers, so all his ancestry. He refers to Jesus uh, as Christ and Lord. Jesus is a name. Christ and Lord are titles. And so here we have Jesus and Paul. God, what's, what's God's title? Father. God, our Father. <clears throat> Timothy, son. Uh, Lois, grandmother. Eunice. Mother. And I was thinking, you know, all these people, real people, Lois, he's writing a letter to say, hey, Timothy, it's so good. I, I, so, I so want to visit and, and, and see you. And, you know, and it's good, good to hear reports from you. And I just remember the faith that was in your grandmother and in your mother. And these individuals real people interwoven into the eternal Word of God. The lives of just ordinary grandmothers and moms and sons and forefathers. The fact that they're named in God's eternal Word is significant. Alright? This is really significant. You know, the Bible, unlike many... Uh, religious texts is not just uh, rules and regulations or ideas or myths that are supposed that is supposed to somehow make us more spiritual. It is um, uh, real letters written to real people uh, that uh, 
had God in their lives. And so the impact to me that here, here in God's Word is uh, interwoven into this story is the life of, of this guy called Timothy, you know, who was mentored by Paul to the point where Paul called him his son. He had such a close relationship. And, and Paul says, hey, remember the faith that, that was in your... Gra- I remember the faith that was in your grandmother and your mom. And I know that it's in you as well. And, uh, and stir that up. <clears throat> and it's a story that, that uh, uh, involves real... Everybody say real people. Okay, are you a real person? My wife says most of the time. <laughs> the kingdom of God, the eternal purposes of God are not separate. They're not distinct. They're not disconnected from your mother. Shuba. Or grandma. Or your brother. Or your sister. Or you. It's connected. Alright? It's one story that involves all people, including people like Jesus, who happens to be Lord and Christ, and God, who happens to be Father. Oh, that's how it fits together. It's all story, one story. It's one story. It has many characters, and you're one of the characters. It's a story that began when God said, hey, let's make mankind in our image. All right? What a great idea. And it began, it's interwoven uh, all of humankind, every man, woman, and child, and you're part of the story. And that brings us to today's text, which is verse uh, 7. It says, I'm going to read it from several different translations. The New Living Translation says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. <clears throat> the New, today's New NIV um, says, For the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Amplified, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, and cringing and fawning fear, but He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. You know what they amplified? You don't even need to preach. <laughs> they just put it all in there. <laughs> My favorite translation of this verse, though, is in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Power and love and discipline. The spirit of power and love and discipline. I'm going to talk about three key words and then a therefore. All right? First key word is, um, okay, talking about the Spirit. Again, the story involving everyone. Uh, Paul brings it to, you know, God has not given us this spirit of fear, of cowardice, this spirit of timidity, of being timid and fearful. And, oh, no. Uh, he's given us a different spirit. We're focusing on 
what's the, what defines the Spirit that God has given us. Now, most Bibles, they don't capitalize the word for Spirit, but he, it is talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, as you can see as it's referenced later on. And all of these words, these three key words we're going to share in just a second here, are all descriptive uh, of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I've been listening to his, uh, sermons by A.W. Tozer, who was a, a famous author. His books are still bestsellers. And he, uh, he I, I don't know when he passed away in the 50s, but these sermons are from the early 50s. And he, someone had uh, got a hold of these old radio broadcasts and put them online. And A.W. Tozer uh, wrote The Attributes of God. But it's great listening to this man of God who was in his senior years, you know, he was probably in his 70s, in the, in the 1950s, when he was preaching these messages. And, and he, he keeps talking about, <clears throat> and his key message was, you know, you have to know what God is like. You know, it's, it's of ultimate importance that we understand what the God we serve is like. What kind of a God is he? You know, is he a nice God or is he a mean God? And he goes on, he talks about the attributes of God. Well, here we have three key words that define the attributes, define the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. And the first one is power. He's not given a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power. And this, in the Greek, is, is dunamis. Dunamis. It's one of those Greek words everyone should know. Let me just talk about the definition. It's, it literally means force or specifically miraculous power. Everybody say miraculous. Miraculous power. Ability, abundance, meaning. can be translated meaning. And might. I like... Another uh, dictionary uses it, defines it this way. Power residing in a thing or person by virtue of its nature. Okay? So the power resides, it's the power that resides in something or someone, not by virtue of something it possesses, but by virtue of its very nature. Alright? So the power is interconnected is one with the nature of whatever. All right? And so the sun, by virtue of its nature, has this immense power, right? Because it's burning or something, whatever it is. It's a reaction of some sort. (laughs) Are you hearing me? And the Holy Spirit has this power. It's not something that the Holy Spirit has to do to create power, it's just by virtue of its nature, He is miraculous power, force, ability. And He dwells in who? Yeah. So miraculous power is dwelling in us. All right? Is that good? The power to perform any miracle, every miracle, 
It's miraculous power. It's power beyond the natural into the supernatural. All right? There's natural power, the natural order God has established, and it's a good thing. I'm really happy that most of the time the world works according to the way God made it. Right? You know, people want miracles, but miracles are an interruption of the natural order. And if that happens too much, what, ha- what would res- <laughs> things would get rather chaotic, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've just been in Toronto for a week, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, gravity is a good thing. You put something that stays there. <laughs> Otherwise, I put up my keys. Oh, there they are. Uh. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, it's good. The natural order is good. Uh, God created it. It's all part of creation. Everything created is a part of is an expression of the creator. There's it's consistent. It's one thing. Just like there's one story, the natural and the supernatural uh, is one continuum, all right? And sometimes we need to 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 affect the natural by tapping into supernatural power. All right? Because there's disorder because of sin. And because of the enemy. And so we need to exert supernatural authority and power to put back into order, into God's order, thy kingdom come, thy will be done through supernatural means. Alright? So when someone is sick, that's not right. Because Jesus died that we'd all be healed. Alright? And so we we can command healing... Not based on their worthiness, but on the worth of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So we're appealing to supernatural power. And that power dwells in us. Because it's not by virtue of me or anything I've done, but by virtue of the Spirit of God who dwells in us. And so we don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. The Spirit that's in you is not a spirit of fear. Whatever you're afraid of, you don't have to be afraid of that because the Spirit in you is a Spirit of power. And love. Power plus love. And this is what I like. So this is dunamis. Dunamis plus agape. It's not just power. It's power and love. Power and love. Love simply is affection, goodwill, benevolence. Um, it's 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 goodwill in the sense of God uh, and this 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 type of love, which is normally associated but not exclusively associated with um, love that flows from God, but it is in the New Testament most often used to describe God's perfect, unconditional love toward us. And that it's His goodwill. It means that He desires your good. Alright? He desires good for you. That's 
that's his agape love. He wants to see you happy and blessed. Like a father wants to see his children, a good father wants to see his children happy. Wants to see his children have a good life. And we taste that in a little bit. You know, we want it, we would like somebody, we want them to be, we want them to be healthy. You know, we want them to have a nice car and have a nice house, have a nice life. You know, just that would be nice. But God feels that on an infinitely greater scale toward each and every one. He never feels like, I just got to get the, you know, I got to grind them into the ground. No, there's this infinite agape love. Like the power, it flows out of the very nature of the Spirit. The Spirit has love. We think of the Spirit as being uh, a power to perform miracles. We have to also understand that there's uh, an equal attribute of the Holy Spirit is um, to perform love, to express love, to show love, to give love, to enable you to love. All right? What, what casts out fear? Love that's complete. Perfect. Love. love that's just the word perfect there just means whole. Per, full love. Casts out fear. And so, um, an opposite of, of fear is power, but an opposite of fear is also love. And the Holy Spirit in us is power and love. It's both. And so we want to minister as a church, as individuals. We want to flow in the power of God. You know, we want to, we want to see miracles. <clears throat> we want to see lives transformed. We want to see people come to repentance. All right? I want to see that. I want to see our city changed. I don't, I'm not happy that I live in a, in the, the city of Kalamazoo has one of the highest poverty rates in uh, the state. Did you know that? <clears throat> the city of Kalamazoo has all, there's a lot of difficult, a lot of problems, all right? And, uh, and I'm not happy with it. I want to see our, tr- our community transform through the power of God, but I also want to see it transform through the love of God, all right? And it's when we operate in both, when we're a church that demonstrates the power of God and the love of God. All right? When the Spirit moves in power and love, that's the key. I really believe it. There's a key between, you know, and some people get really into power and they usually get scary. You know? You ever listen to those and read those prophecies? Everything is going to fall apart. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Pull out the whip. Hit them harder. They'll become better. I don't know what their theory is. But, you know, there's some people that just want power, power, power. And sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know. And then you get people that are all lovey-dovey and nothing. Don't worry. Everything's okay. If we just like them, you know, if we're just okay. You know, and then you're like, where's change? Where's this repentance? Where's... Well, there's a balance of love and power, okay, that brings this affection and desire for good together with the power to accomplish change that can transform. Listen, it can transform an individual's life. From a life of depravity 
It's a life of honor. You know, from a life that's lonely and disconnected and fearful to a life that's connected and has relationships and full of love and has purpose. All right? This is it, man. This is it. This is the thing that can change the world and is changing the world. I heard testimonies this last week from all over the world. People being transformed, not by money, not by some program, but by the Holy Spirit's power and love. There's also this third element, which is the discipline. You want to write the Greek? (laughs) In Greek? Let's see here. You can't see this anyways, can you? Other people in the graphics, they say, you know, they can't see what you write anyway. (laughs) We'll get a camera one of these. Yeah, so... Sophron, sophronismos, sophronismos, power, love, discipline, power, love, discipline, simply means an admonishing or calling to soundness of mind, to moderation and self-control, a sound mind, a mind that's not Yes. Sound is opposed to noisy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Not static, but tuned in. All right. In order. And not in disorder. And now it's interesting that this is the spirit of discipline. The spirit of of a sound mind. Hey, you got it. Good job. <clears throat> the spirit of discipline. Most of the time, when, when Christians think of discipline, they get like, oh, i got to get more discipline. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, I didn't read my Bible. i gotta work, I got to try harder. You know, i got to, i got to, i got to, i got to. And this is this is what you need to do when you start going when you think discipline and I gotta I gotta I gotta take out your right hand and slap yourself. <laughs> Don't slap me, slap yourself. <laughs> Go you schmuck. You schmuck, this is the same source as God's power to perform miracles, as God's love to love you and others when they don't deserve it, is the power of discipline, of soundness of mind. You know what? Of having it together. Okay? Getting it straight. Understanding. Where does that come from? Natural ability? Well, some people have better natural ability to understand things than others. Well, that's a given, all right? (laughs) That's why we need the Holy Spirit. 
all the more, especially to understand the things of God. All right? And there's this, it's not, has nothing to do with intellectualism or academic ability or just that type of understanding. But wisdom, a simple person can display profound wisdom. Whereas an educated person can display profound stupidity. All right? It's true, isn't it? But the, God, the spirit that God has given us is a spirit that rightly brings, by virtue of His nature, the power of God to work miracles, the love of God to love miraculously, and the discipline. It brings discipline into your life. <clears throat> oh, I want to see miracles. How's the discipline going in your life? Are you tapping into the Holy Spirit to read the God's Word on a daily basis? Are you tapping into God's supernatural power to spend a few minutes alone with Him in prayer every day? Are you tapping in to God's supernatural provision that opens your mind to understand things beyond your natural capacity, to see things in the Spirit? That's all this part, the discipline. Are you going to work on time? Getting there early? Working a little harder because you're disciplined? Keeping your laundry done? And you, I'm serious. I'm sorry. But discipline is not reflected in only one aspect of life. Either you live a disciplined life or you live an undisciplined life and you can fake it in one area. And you know what? You're just faking it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm being too clear here. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. <laughs> well, Kathy thinks I'm perfect. That's why I married her. <laughs> and we have to realize that the source of it is God's Holy Spirit. And this is what God's Holy Spirit is like. And because God's Holy Spirit dwells, oh, well, I, 90% of my life is undisciplined, therefore I must not have the Spirit. No, you must, need, you must not be relying on the Spirit. There's room to grow. How do you grow? Become more reliant on the Holy Spirit. Become more reliant on the Holy Spirit. And you will see an increase in the level of discipline. Your life will be better and more in order as well as an increase in the level of love. You will be nicer to be around. You'll flow in love and be more gracious. And you'll see God's ability to perform miracles. Here's the therefore. We want all of this. Verse 8 says, Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Now, Paul was in prison as he's writing this. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. In the New Living Translation, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. <clears throat> what is all this about? 
What is all that there for? Hmm? So that we are nice, good people with good lives? Is that the ultimate purpose? Is it, or is it there for something bigger? What is bigger? Telling others. Don't be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. We have all this for a purpose. The expansion of the kingdom. To tell others to tell others. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord Jesus. Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. And so, all of this is given so that we are equipped to communicate to others this story that began with the creation and it continues. And, 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 and the invitation to invite each and every individual into the story. Okay? And that the Spirit of God is available to each and every individual to be part of the story. The story that brings love. The story that brings power. The story that brings discipline. The story that brings the Holy Spirit to dwell within. That's what it's there for. Amen? Yeah. All right, Adam's going to come up and share a few announcements. We've got a few more things to go. All right.